Welcome to New View Advice, a safe place for you to ask your most vulnerable questions about life, relationships, healing, and so much more. I'm your host, Amanda DeRocher, and I believe our fears and traumas are often what hold us back from living life to the fullest. Join me here each week as I offer advice on how to move through whatever is holding you back from being your best self. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to New View Advice. My name is Amanda DeRocher and I'm your host. If you're new here, this is a healing-centered advice podcast where I answer listener questions about the healing journey, life, and what it is to be human in 2022. This is the second part of a two-part episode about intuition with guest Erica Warnick, Hollywood success coach. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend you go and listen to that first because throughout this episode, we will reference part one a bit. And if you have already listened to part one, then amazing. And let's dive right into part two, where we answer two questions from listeners about the intuitive process. Okay, so we received some questions about intuition that we also wanted to discuss. And we've touched on these topics, but we're going to go deeper. So the first question I received was, how do you distinguish between intuition and insecurity? So I thought this was a really good question. I think so many people probably have this question as well. And when I read this question, I wasn't entirely sure what we meant by insecurity. But what I've come to is I think what you're talking about is ego. So how can you tell between intuition and ego? Because our insecurities come from our ego. So that comes from our egoic mind. It comes from the our fight or flight mind. It comes from the scared part of us. It comes from fear instead of love. And our intuition is our voice that's quiet. It's gentle. It's encouraging us to be our best selves, which is why some of the guidance is sometimes scary because it's asking us to reach our full potential in this lifetime and not to settle for what we think is possible because that's what feels safe. It's asking for us to trust in that higher power in the universe, in ourselves. Yes, definitely. And it's interesting because sometimes I don't know how to answer this question because sometimes I struggle too. But can I read these five tenets? Yes. So in Erica's book, she has five tenets that she says that, I'll have you explain them too, but if you're conflicted, if is this intuition or not, you can base it off these five tenets. Is that correct? Yeah. So if, if you receive a clue and you're like, is this insecurity or is this intuition? Is this ego or is this intuition? And you're unsure, you can run it by these five tenets and see where it lines up. And again, I think it's important to keep in mind what we've been talking about so far about Sometimes you're being led to something that's uncomfortable, but it is from love. (laughs) It is Mm -hmm. because of love. So, And sometimes that takes a little deeper understanding. So here are the tenets. So your inner being will always feel that you are loved. So if you receive anything, and this is, again, a really great thing for the word insecurity. If you are receiving what you think is guidance that makes you feel insecure or that you're not sure if it's from your ego. If it's not stemming from love, then it's probably not something that you should follow. Number two, you are worthy of everything you desire. This is a big thing because sometimes you feel led to do something that you feel like would be cool that you really want to do, but you don't feel like you could or you don't feel like you're worthy Mm -hmm. of it. 
So, but your inner being knows that you are worthy of everything, anything that you desire. Number three, there's no separation between you and your dream. You and the dream are one. Mm, I love that. This is a little more on the spiritual side. So if you're like, what? That's okay. (laughs) But (laughs) it's like thinking about anything that you desire, anything that is your dream, that you have this desire, it's already yours. And believing that it's already here and it's already yours and it exists. There's like a plane that exists where you and your dream are there. And so even if you feel like you don't have it right now in the tangible world, it's coming because you are you and your dream are one. And I think that if you are led to take a step that like cuts that cord, you know, that makes you feel more of, you know, far, like for example, I work in Hollywood, so in acting, if an actor comes to me and says, I am going to work on set as a production assistant, and hopefully that will lead to acting jobs. To me, that is an egoic clue. I call them imposter clues because it's seeing a separation between you and your dream, and it's looking for an easier route that's actually farther away. You know, you're not saying, I'm an actor, so I'm going to try acting. <laughs> you're saying, yeah, like, I'm an actor, so I'm going to work on a TV show in a completely different capacity and hope that maybe one day it connects. Um, and so, again, I think that's like the ego creeping in, creating separation between you and your dream. The other one, and this is hard, I know, but everything is perfect. And that is really hard, but I think everything Amanda has said is a really good example of that. It's like even in these uncomfortable moments, everything is perfect because this is where you need to be right now. And this is leading you to where you want to go. Mm. And then the last one is you are safe. And this can also be challenging, but I think it's like in the spiritual sense, you are safe. And if you are led to do something that doesn't make you feel safe in that sense, then it's not coming from your inner being. But notice that that is different from stepping outside of your comfort zone. I love those. I think that those those really resonate for me. I think that those are great tenets to use when trying to figure out if it's your intuition. Because I think that it's important to note that, yeah, our soul always wants, it's like what we've already talked about. Like our soul always wants us to reach our greatest potential and it wants us to know we're limitless. Like we're Mm -hmm. actually, we're the universe in human form. We're God in human form. It's just the truth of our innate nature and we've forgotten so much of all that. And I believe that's the human journey is remembering. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a journey of remembering who you already are, Mm -hmm. how powerful you already are. And it's all about changing your inner world to align with this new version of yourself. And by basing your decisions off of those tenets, you'll always be guided in the right direction, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I think for this question too, what goes along with that is connecting to your why. So why do you want what it is because this question's a little vague so I had like two examples like say one was dating and there's a person you want to date and you can't decide if you're not going after this person because you're insecure or if like your intuition's telling you this person's not right for you am I scared or am I just trusting my gut and something doesn't feel right and mm-hmm. were there red flags like that could be your mm-hmm. intuition being like 
did you see those red flags? Did you hear how they talk to you or what other people have told you about them? Or is it just, ooh, I had my heart broken last year. I don't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. I think connecting back to that why. And then another example I thought of was career-based, like moving to Los Angeles, like both Erica and I have done, is what's your why? Is it because I can only think of the why being because this is what your heart's telling you to do, but it could also be because you think that maybe, or maybe somebody moved there that you know, and you see that their life is awesome. And you're like, well, I want that life. Or you see an actor's life and you're like, well, I want that life. That's egoic. But if your heart's just saying, take this leap of faith, that's your intuition. Does that make sense? Yeah. And one of the examples I actually give in the book for me is that when I said after college that I wanted to work in the entertainment industry, people were like, why aren't you moving to New York? Mm. Because I lived in Philadelphia and New York was an hour and a half drive away. (laughs) LA is a five-hour plane ride. You know, it's like so much more convenient to go to New York and then I can see my family more often, you know, all those things. And people are like, why aren't you going to New York? And so I, my first interview was in New York. And, you know, I, I tell the story, like, walking through those streets, I knew I was not supposed to be there. Mm. And it's just a feeling, you know, it's, it's, yeah. a, you know, and for me, for me, sometimes it's like Amanda said, it comes in different ways. You might hear something or see something in that moment. It felt off. Like it didn't feel right there. And I knew that I wanted to be in LA. Yeah. Did you go to LA and have a totally different feeling that you could resonate with? Oh my God. Like I can't even, I mean, it's almost embarrassing to tell you (laughs) what I felt, but like, you know, I had done a summer program at UCLA during high school. So I had been here before. And so I, you know, I, I had a little bit of that feeling, but that was in high school and this is at the end of college. So a lot of time has passed since then. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. It's like when that plane touches down at LAX, I am like, I am home. Like, I just, I can't even explain it, but it it is an overwhelming feeling of I am home. And it's, you know, it's interesting because I did have a little bit of a fairy tale idea of what Los Angeles is like. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, you live like, you know, I live 3,000 miles away and you just see it on TV and, you know, the Kardashians and and that time the hills and like, you know, just these different TV shows and what it makes it look like. And we would always joke because when I did that summer program at UCLA, I was like, LA is beautiful. And it's because we weren't allowed out of a two-block radius of Westwood <laughs> with yeah, hot and fires. Say, and UCLA is a beautiful campus. Yeah, and Westwood yes. is a really nice part of LA. <laughs> and it's like, you know, go to Hollywood and, and you'll feel something different. But I will say even – this is my 14th year. Even in my 14th year, knowing all the truths about LA and that it's not as glamorous um, as I thought it was on TV, I still – feel the same way. Yeah. And that tells you that you're still in the right spot. You know, I think that a great way to connect to our intuition is really just when are you happy? Mm -hmm. And so many of us, I recently read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and he talks about the upper limit problem, how so many of us don't want to be happy. Like it's from years of humans, right? Like passed down through our DNA, a safety mechanism, not to allow ourselves to be happy, not to let things go too well. Mm-hmm. It's like we're preparing for things not to. So it's a practice to allow ourselves to be happy, which is why I think we often ignore the whispers. 
mm-hmm. and ignore. It would be so easy to ignore that feeling and be like, oh, I felt good in LA, but New York works too. Like, right. People are right. It like, makes so I much more sense. Yeah. It's easy to talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. So one way I recommend is really paying attention to when your heart's happy. For me, mm-hmm. I feel a tingle in my chest. Like I feel like an expansion out when something feels good. So like my chest opens and when something doesn't, my chest closes. Mm -hmm. So I feel my shoulders slump in. Not good, not safe. That's not going to be the same for everybody. So I just invite you to pay attention to your body's communication system. And one way to do this is to really start slowing down. My biggest advice for connecting back to your intuition is allowing yourself to slow down. We are all in fight or flight like all the time and social media keeps our brains there because we're scrolling and our thoughts are going crazy because we're we're registering every photo that comes across or every video. We're registering it all so quickly as we scroll. So our minds are rapid speed with our rapid scrolling or a lot of work jobs keep everybody like very tense with the constant contact and finding ways that you can slow down to listen to yourself. So for me, this is meditation, journaling, and walking in nature are my main three. What do you do to slow down? Nature is huge for me. Huge. I mean, I live on the east side and I drive to the west side usually once a week, sometimes twice a month. It's a long drive, but I have to see that ocean. I don't even necessarily have to put my feet in the sand. I can see the ocean from the bluffs and it, and it's enough. Like I get such an overwhelming feeling of calmness mm. when I see it. And I wanted to add to what you were saying, the busy thing. You know, like when we are really busy, a lot of times we equate that with success. Mm. You know, if, if we're really busy, it means we're doing something and that feels good to our ego. But the more busy you are, the less you can listen to your voice. You know, being busy is a good way to ignore yes. all the things that you don't want to face. Yes. And I think so many of us learned that during the pandemic. I mm, think yes. so many people, uh, I've heard this from people who listen to, and a lot of people who went sober, I think uh, I think the numbers of drinkers went out p- during the pandemic and also the number of sobriety because people were using different coping t- tactics escalated, right? Because we were all so busy before the pandemic and then the world stopped. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, all you could do was sit with yourself. And a lot of people weren't prepared for that. And I truly believe that's because they don't have the tools. That's nothing to judge. People only know what they know. Right. And people only have the tools they have, right? I mean, if you have been living one way your entire life, never picked up a self-help book, never, I mean, you just don't have the tools. Mm -hmm. So I think that involved a lot of people slowing down. That's why too, they have, what what do they call it? The, um, the, the mass, the mass resignation. Like yes. so many people are resigning the from great their jobs. Resignation. Yeah, I see it the on great TikTok. resignation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I see it on the news all the time, you know, because so many people are leaving their jobs because during the pandemic, people got to reevaluate their lives. Yes. And be like, does this job make me happy? Like, is this what I want to be doing? Is there a different way that I can live? Yeah, I think people, so many people, because I see this too with it, is like, 
all of a sudden they got a balance back that they didn't even know they were missing. Ooh, yes. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't know I could have both. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm doing my job just as well as working from home and seeing that I can exercise and do all these things for myself or be spend more time with my family. People realize, like, oh, it can be different. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, right? It's like people didn't even know beforehand. You know, and I had a lot of people because I worked from home before the pandemic and I had a lot of people always say to me, I don't know how you do it. I could never do it. <laughs> and now everybody I know is like, I love working from home. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Like, I know that's like for me too. I also worked from home. And so it wasn't a huge change. It was interesting. And even the things, you know, you talk the balance that people didn't know, then there's also like oh, I didn't know all this shit was there that I have to face or yes. that I have to deal with. Or you know, I mean, even my depression, I mean, my depression, whatever I have it, it's triggered usually by something in my career. Mm -hmm. And this time it was triggered by me not knowing what the hell I wanted to do and feeling like my identity was collapsing. Like that was so mm. hard for me. But the pandemic, totally on top of that, it was just like another layer. And And even though I work from home and I'm so used to it, I didn't realize, and I'm an introvert. I'm like, I don't want to see people anyway. But, you know, like when I would FaceTime with you, Amanda, I mean, we would only do it like once a month, but I would feel so lit up after talking to you that it's like, oh, I forgot that that's actually important too for my growth and mm -hmm. my well-being is just to like connect with a friend, you know, to connect with another human being. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. Yeah, I discovered that as well. And that's intuition, right? Following right. that, because I had that, I have that same thing too. Because I'm an introvert and spend a lot of time by myself. And but when I connect with people, I agree. Every time we connect, I'm always like, "Oh, we should do that more." <laughs> like, oh, I'm so I feel so good. I can like move about my day with this new. It like lifted my vibration, right? Like lifted my energy, and it's like, oh, I can move about my day and do my normal things. It doesn't feel like such a chore. And that's mm -hmm. like your inner. That's another way your inner being speaking to you and saying, "See." You do like people. Stop telling yourself you don't. <laughs> At least that's yeah. mine, where I'm always like, I hate people anyway. It's like, no, you love people. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I in do. small quantities. I just need I need I need the solitude, but I also need people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we already mentioned this one, but I also just wanted to reiterate the importance of paying attention to your body with mm. connecting back to your intuition. And as I mentioned, for me, it's like the closing of the chest and the opening of the chest. But connecting back to your body through like a, even a body practice, like yoga or going on those daily walks, slowing down and connecting back to your body, like paying attention to your feet on the pavement, it just brings you back into the present moment. So, yes. so many of us live outside our bodies and we don't even know it. We're like up, I'm using my hand right now, like up above our heads, but your intuition is in the body. It's connected in your body. So you need to drop in. So that's why the slowing down and a body practice can really help you just connect back to your body and anchor in. Definitely. I mean- you know, I'm after my depression, it's like I'm slowly getting back into normal life. You know, it's taken me months. I just started this week and last week getting back into a somewhat normal exercise routine. But 
like exercising, I think in any way at all Mm -hmm. really helps me. And, you know, like even yesterday for the 2-22-22 day um, or whenever this releases, it was that day, I was like, I'm going to write down a list of things I want to manifest into my life. And and the word manifest is even, I, I don't know, is getting old a little bit for me. But I was just thinking like, what do I want to bring? You know, because yeah. the first thing I wrote was happiness and fun. Yeah. Like, I just want to bring more happiness. You know, I just wanted to feel light. And I sat there and I I really haven't been journaling like at all. And I only made that list for like maybe 25 minutes. I mean, it wasn't a long time. But I felt so energized. It was like, oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm doing work or I'm watching TV or I'm like I'm doing something. And it's, yes, you're right. It brings you back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. And that's a great point too, because if you find yourself being really super busy and you're like, is this my intuition? Probably not. Your yeah. intuition speaks to you in the like the slowing down and in the quiet. It might give you pings, right? I mean, you can be in an alley and you can get a ping like, get out of here. That's also your intuition. So I don't want to make it that it's only in this slow, slow moment, but that's when we connect back to our hearts and we really can feel what we're feeling. But a reason we stay so busy is because we're trying to avoid those feelings. And our intuition, our inner guidance always wants us to move through the feelings because the feelings... We judge them so fully and harshly. They're just information. They're just telling you when somebody crossed your boundary or that you don't want to be doing that or that somebody didn't talk to you nicely or that you haven't looked at that childhood wound. They're just offering you information into your body, but we're constantly judging the way we feel. And I'm such a big proponent of feeling our feelings because that changed my life, but it's also just because that's how we connect back to ourselves. It's like the more we can let go of judging it, the more we can move through those feelings easier. Yeah. Like I had a friend that used to say, get curious. Like instead of beating yourself up or getting judgmental, just be curious. Like, oh, that's interesting that I have that thought. Let me examine that. What's that about? Yes. I love that point because it really is just about being curious. And that's how you'll connect with your intuition because if you're curious, you'll start to get clues, right? I think that's when the clues drop in, right? Like how I mentioned, if you see a face in your head, if you're curious about that face, like why is that person from my past popping in my head? Your intuition will start dropping in clues. If you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about that person. Oh my God, why are they in my head? Oh my God, get out. Why (laughs) why am I thinking about Why, why, why? That's judgmental. So your intuition's going to go quiet Because it doesn't want to upset you. It wants you to calm down. And then it's going to let you go about your day with your free will. But then later, when maybe you're a little calmer, (laughs) that person's going to pop in your head again. And then you can either get curious or you can go, why why are they back? Oh, my God. I don't want to think about that. Shove it down. Shove it down. And so it's all about that curiosity. I love that point. Yeah. And I did a meditation. So sometimes meditation helps me figure out you know, my feelings. And my book really challenged me in that way. And so one thing I started doing that I feel like I learned from that meditation is I started making a list of the people I'm jealous of. Mm, And I I started writing the ego reason of why I was jealous. You know, like in the moment, like, oh, I'm jealous of this person. Why do I feel jealous of them? Mm. Just like the first thing that comes to my head from an ego standpoint, because A, it, it helps informs 
oh, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, they have something. I, but B, it's like, I should probably go deeper on that. What's that really about? You know, and I talk about this in a chapter about comparison, you know, where it just in a meditation, like I just uncovered it was the jealousy was so much deeper than mm-hmm. I realized. So writing it down and, and facing it, you know, it, it's helpful though. It helps me like, and I do feel more curious about it. I try to feel more curious than triggered and just go, that's interesting. I feel jealous of that person of that post, of that whatever, why do I feel jealous? Because it's not always like the surfacey thing that you think. Yes. And thank you for sharing that because I think that that's an amazing practice because like you said, jealousy and envy are always just pointing us towards what we want. But you do Mm -hmm. have to go a little deeper because it might not be exactly what this person has. So for me, there was somebody on Instagram recently that I was jealous of. And I was like, why am I jealous of this person? And what came up, it wasn't, I don't want this person's life. It was just that they're speaking their truth so authentically and unapologetically. And I had to sit with the fact that what comes up for me still is I'm I'm apologetic for who I am. I mean, that's something that I've been apologizing for who I am for 30 years. And Mm -hmm this podcast and everything I do is unprogramming me of that, but it's still challenging. It still arises. So when that happened, it was just releasing another layer of like, oh, I'm still holding myself back a little bit. Interesting. Let's sit with that. Why is that? Oh, okay. You know, like what came up for me was high school hierarchy, like that there was a hierarchical (laughs) system and I had to sit with that and it's just going deeper And that's really through that curiosity. And I think journaling is a great way to do that with yourself. Yeah. I had something almost identical where that was the same thing I was jealous of, but it wasn't jealousy. My ego brought in another layer. And instead of just telling me that I was jealous of this person, I decided I hated them. Mm. Yes. I was like, I don't like that person. And what I realized is that they are a perfectly lovely person. And I'm just super <laughs> triggered by the fact that they are so themselves. <laughs> and yeah. they just they're so authentic and I and so confident. Like, you know, because yeah. I've really struggled with confidence and and it's just so funny. And then I became friends with the person. I'm like, they're a lovely person. Like <laughs> I was such a bitch. My my ego's such a bitch. Like I, you know, like I'm like, oh, I, they're a terrible person. I don't like them. But it was really I was jealous of, you know, they, they, they're exerting something that I feel like I don't have. I love that. I just want to tell one quick story too, that, um, the first time I learned that jealousy was information and what made me get curious about jealousy rather than judgmental of it was a similar story where there was this girl in my high school and I was like, this girl's so full of herself. I hate this girl. (laughs) Like this girl is the worst. (laughs) And she acted throughout high school. She was very creative. And then the day I decided to move to LA, she like came up on my social media and I was like, she's so awesome. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. I was just jealous because she was doing what I wanted to do. And now that I'm choosing myself, like it changed overnight. I was like, she's so cool. Oh my God. That's awesome. I can't believe she's in New York acting. I'm so happy for her. I hope she's doing great. Like it just was like a switch went off in my head. And I was like, wow, I was really ignoring myself. And that really taught me that, yeah, jealousy is really just telling us what we want. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could do a whole other episode on that. So I'm yeah, I know, I know. Myself. I'm like, not to get too off topic. <laughs> yeah. So those are some tips that we have for differentiating between intuition and your ego. I hope something in there was helpful. I know. I was like, some tips and a tangent or two or three. <laughs> 
as you can tell, it's just not so simple to figure it out. And it's very individual, which is why I love having Erica here because we're both able to talk about our own journeys and you can hear how it's different yet similar. And Mm -hmm. you just sort of have to discover for you and how you're going to do that is really by starting to listen and become curious. Yeah. Now you could be like, oh, cool. I want to find my yes. thing. You know, I wonder I wonder how I feel my inner being talking yeah, to me. Yeah. And maybe you're like, oh, let me look at jealousy in a new way, you know? So yeah, that's a great place yeah. to start. Thank you so much for this question. And as always, feel free to write in if you have a second question or a follow-up question. Question two. I recently had an opportunity that I had my heart set on. Unfortunately, it fell through and I'm heartbroken. I feel discouraged and confused. What do you do when you feel like something is meant for you and then it doesn't work out? Thank you for this question. This is a great question. Such a good question. I'm like, we should talk about this more because I feel like this is almost with the vulnerability piece. It's like, I feel like this is something that we don't. I agree. I think we always see on social media it working out, like people being like, oh, this launch went how I wanted, or all these different things. We see the successes, right? Or this vacation, we see the highlights. So, this is such a great question because. I know I can relate to this question. Can you relate to this question? (laughs) Um, Yes. And my first book is called Meant for This. So, you know, I understand it 100%. Do you have a time you can think of where where you had your heart set on something and it didn't work out how you wanted it to? How long you got? (laughs) (laughs) You know. Um, Well, one story that I, I could tell that I think might be helpful in answering the question a little bit and I, I tell this in, in Men for This, I was up for a TV show, Entourage. I had done some graphics for Entourage on the side um, for one of the seasons while I was on another show because my bosses also worked on that show. And then the next season, Entourage had an open position for full time. And I was like, of course I'm going to get it. I've already done work for them. I know the entire crew, like the shooting crew. I know so mm. many people because they're from my show. I'm a shoe in Like, I feel like I don't even need an interview, you know? Yeah. I did not get that job. Mm. And I, I wasn't – this is an interesting thing, and I'm curious the person who sent this question if they created these stories too. It wasn't just that I was crushed that I didn't get it. It was the stories I started telling myself about why I didn't get it. Yes, I love that. Because I'm like – I mean, the person interviewing me who I who would have been my boss didn't know me. I had never worked with her before. But everybody, a lot of other people on that show already knew me. And so I immediately go, wow, like I didn't, they know me and I still didn't get it. There's got to be something wrong with me. Either my personality, my work, they, you know, my my work's not good. You know, I just started going down the list of what could be wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt really bad about myself. And I think that's a really interesting thing. It's like when we want something really badly and we don't get it, it's those stories that we tell ourselves about why we didn't get it that I think is more damaging than not getting it. Years later, I became friends with the girl who got the job over me. And I found out that on that show, when she got that job, she met her husband. I love that. I get chills every time I tell the story. And now they have two kids. That show was hers. Like she, ha- yeah. she had to be there. 
And I ended up getting other jobs eventually. You know, that was not my job and it had nothing to do with me as a person. That was part of her journey. Yeah. I love how you brought up like the stories you started to tell yourself because it was such a great getting that other picture, which we don't always get. So that's like a blessing. You got to see the other side because it taught you this lesson, but you got to see that, oh my God, it was actually never about me. Yes. Yes. And I I do think – I mean, look, I wrote a book called Meant for This. I have a very strong romanticized version of what I believe we are meant for. You know, I I believe Mm -hmm. that anything that we have a dream for or we have a desire for is meant for us too. You know, so when something doesn't happen, you know, go your way or you don't get this thing that you want, it can be extra devastating but I still think you're meant for the thing you want. And I just think it'll mm-hmm. come in a different way. And I think that, you know, Abraham Hicks would just say like, oh, well, the journey's not over yet. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I remember listening to an Abraham Hicks audio where a gentleman was talking about his daughter and she wa- you know, she wanted this thing at school and it didn't happen. And she was devastated and just thought, oh, well, none of this shit works. This is all bullshit. You know, this law of attraction stuff. He's like, what do I tell my daughter? And she's like, it's not over. It's it's not over. And and so many times, you know, we think we know the answer is for – you know, one of the things I talk about in Mem for This is this concept of what we think we want and what we really want. Mm-hmm. And I think what we really want are the feelings. And yeah. so I'm speaking to this person who sent this question. For this thing that you really wanted that you didn't get, why did you want it? And write down a list of every reason why you wanted this opportunity. What did you think it was going to do for you? What did you think you were going to feel when you got it? What do you think it was going to mean? Write down that list. And then I say, and then take away the name of the company or the opportunity or whatever. Because the truth is, I really do believe the universe is on our side, even though I have many days where I feel the opposite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, universe, what the hell's going on? Like, you're clearly not working with me. But I really do believe the universe is on our side. And so if we don't get something that we think we want, I think the universe knows that there's something better for us because it knows the feelings we want. And, you know, like I'll have clients who say, I want to be on Netflix. Cool. Why do you want to be on Netflix? Well, Because Netflix has a very big audience. So there is a chance that millions of people will see my work. Netflix is very well known. So it feels like it legitimizes me, you know, and it's something that I could tell people, which, by the way, that's a whole ego thing that we could talk about. You know, I feel like a lot of great people do Netflix projects. So if I get a Netflix project, I'll probably be collaborating with really good people. And it's like, cool. So all these things that you desire – you know, collaboration, inspiration, millions of viewers, write that on the list and then delete Netflix. Because what if you could get mm-hmm. that from Hulu or Disney Plus or or ABC yeah. even? You know what I mean? And so I think that we think we know the best solution for us. But if instead, if we can let go of the specifics and really hone in on the feelings and the and the qualities that something better will absolutely come. I love that. Thank you for giving that answer because I had written down something similar, but you put it 10 times better than I would have put it. So that's, yes, I I completely agree with that. (laughs) And what came up for me like a story while you were talking was 
In 2019, I made a vision board, a very specific vision board where it had nine things I wanted to manifest and none of them happened. (laughs) But recently I was shown this vision board again and in 2022, these things are starting to happen. Wow. And what I'm being shown is that the past three years, those things were meant for me because I had like helping other people and writing a book. I didn't know I wanted to write a book. And then I fought myself on writing a book. And then there it is. I had put that as an intention. Sometimes things take longer than you think. All the time. (laughs) The ego mind wants everything to be really quick. It wants things to go according to a plan and wants to expect everything because it hates the unexpected, the unknown, because it feels unsafe. But the universe is like, you have all the time in the world. There's no rush. I believe that everything that we desire will not miss us. You know, I've heard people in Hollywood be like, you get your one shot and (laughs) if you miss it, you're gone, you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like in Estelle's accent. I I don't know what accent that was. It's Estelle, Joey's agent and friend. (laughs) Joey, you're going to be huge. (laughs) The entertainment industry, it can feel so like, It's got to happen now, like urgent, and it just – it doesn't. Yeah, one thing that I've been struggling with that concept, and I wrote about this in my book because I want to understand it better. You know, there's this singer that I love that was on America's Got Talent. She went by the name as Nightbird. Her personal name was Jane. Mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I posted about her a million times. And she went to America's Got Talent when she had cancer. And she still – it wasn't like she was in remission. She still had it and she was still struggling with it and got up on stage and performed. And there are – there's like 39 million views on her golden buzzer video because Simon hit the golden buzzer. But it wasn't even just her that her voice was beautiful and the song that was her original that she wrote and it had so much meaning after hearing what she was going through. Like it wasn't even just that. It was every time she spoke, she said like – first of all, she spoke in sound bites. I think she naturally did. I don't think it was like intentional because every time I've heard her speak in an interview, like she just does. Mm -hmm. But she said things that were so profound that really made people drawn to her and her story and want to root for her. And after that, she had to leave the show because she got too sick. And I've been following her on Instagram and following her journey of trying to get better and it wasn't going well. And I, you know, I really struggled because like I know that like it's so clear that this is her dream. And I, you know, I've been thinking like, what the hell universe? How awful of you to do this. And she just passed away this week. Oh, I didn't know that. She did. I cried. I like ugly cried. I don't know her <laughs> personally, um, but I cried for her. I think because I'm so obsessed with dreams and, you know, people achieving them, I think I also cried because I felt like she didn't get to live out her dream fully. But I will say, like when I try to grapple with this concept of like, but whatever you're meant for, the universe will eventually give to you. And it's like, but she died. I will say that throughout all of this, millions of people saw her sing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that millions of people bought her songs on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. She amassed even more – I think she already had somewhat of a following. She amassed more of a following of fans. She sold merchandise with her quotes on it. You know, like I feel like she 
she influenced so many people. I mean, she inspired so many people because she went through her pain and her struggle so gracefully. I'm sure she had moments that weren't graceful, you know, and I'm sure it was really, really hard. And and I feel so much for her. But, you know, she's like, you know, the doctors told me I had 2% chance to live, but that's not zero. Mm. Like she just – she, I just feel like even though she didn't get to live longer, I do feel like she achieved a pretty big dream and had that type of impact. You know, it just maybe didn't happen for as long as she wanted. Although it probably will continue beyond, you know, beyond her passing. So it will be long. She just won't maybe physically be here for all of it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a great example of like, we don't always know the universe's plan. Mm -hmm. For me, I've lost a lot of people young and Mm -hmm. death is such a great teacher. And I mean, how beautiful that she had a life that inspired millions of people and how short it was. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't live very long and she got to live such a full life because even though she had cancer, she followed that voice that said, go on, Mm -hmm. America's got talent. And she probably thought, what the hell? I have nothing to lose. And through that, she inspired and she talked truth. Like that to me is those sound bites you're talking about. Yes. What resonates with people is truth because it cuts through all the bullshit barriers that we've built up based on what we normally hear on a day-to-day. And truth just cuts through like a knife. And you're like, I can't deny that because I feel it in my gut that that's truth. And I just Mm -hmm. think that we can't always know why people leave so early, but what a beautiful life she had in such a short amount of time. And who knows what her impact will have on others, others who have cancer, others who see her, others who are just inspired because they see somebody who struggles in a way they can't even relate to, but can see that that struggle, they still found truth, love, happiness. And we're able Mm -hmm. to inspire people. Yes. Yes. So I can't decide for her if she just, you know, if she felt her dream, you know, was fulfilled. But from an outsider looking in, it is nice to see that she really did get, you know, because I think that it's like if she didn't have those struggles, would she have had the impact? Mm. And... I mean, she probably would have in some sense because I don't think her wisdom came from illness. I think that she was naturally brilliant, but there what like you're saying, it's like there is this relatability to struggle, even if it's not cancer for mm-hmm. you. There is this relatability to it that made so many people connect. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're all craving is connection. And we all are so disconnected while being so connected Mm -hmm. through technology. But that's just one of those times where you see people connect through the heart waves, right? You see people come together on social media instead of rip people apart. I'm sure there were people who said not nice things. But the majority were just there rooting her on and didn't even know her, you know? Yeah. I mean, she inspired me so much. And I I just wanted to bring this up because – you know, I hear us saying, oh, like, whatever you're meant for will eventually come. And I, I don't want to say it naively and say, well, like, God forbid, what if, you know, Nightbird passes before she sees it the, out the way that she wanted to? So I'm I'm not 
that romanticized. But I, I do believe that I don't know. I, I do believe the universe will give us things that we desire. I agree. I heard yesterday, I was watching this video, that desire means from the father, the root, and it really means from God, right? The father represented God. It was like it's either the Greek or the Latin. So our desires mm. are from a holy place. Wow. They're from a sacred place. And we all have them for a reason. So for the person who wrote this question, right, this opportunity left you heartbroken. My advice would be to make sure you feel those feelings. Allow yourself to feel yes. heartbroken. Allow yes. yourself to move through the fact that you were disappointed and that you don't understand why this happened. Just feel it. Just allow yourself to be angry. Oftentimes when we have missed opportunities that leave us heartbroken, we have to go through the grieving process because what we did was we put such an expectation on it that we thought it was already ours. So we feel like we can lose it. But the truth is this opportunity was never yours. So, mm -hmm. And you can't lose what's truly meant yeah, for you. Yeah. So it's like Erica said, it's connecting back to like why this opportunity. And it most likely isn't the place. And if you think or whatever it is, I'm not sure because opportunity is pretty vague, but say it was like a job. You know, you could think it's the place, but what about the place? Like I remember when I was job hunting back in the day, I fell in love with this company, but I didn't fall in love with the job. What I realized, I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the fact that these people cared about their employees. And I was going through so many job interviews that felt so heartless and disconnected. And I found one company that cared about the people who work there. So then it was like, oh, I that's what interests me. And there's other companies that exist that have a soul. Mm -hmm. Yes. And bringing back to, to your TikTok viral video and, and what you had to go through with that, you know, is like it was like the universe had a reason that it wanted you to go through that. And so same here, you know, there could be a reason that that you are going through this, you know, that you're experiencing this heartbreak. And I and I would say I can't control how you feel, but I want to encourage you to not let this stop mm -hmm. you from feeling hopeful about another opportunity. Because a lot of times when we have something not work out the way we wanted to, we're afraid, we say, we're afraid to get our hopes up. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to rob yourself of that hope. Yes, a very popular mantra for like a situation like this or like moving forward is this or something better. So mm -hmm. really living by that, and that comes back to what we discussed at the beginning, that trust, trusting in your journey, trusting in your guidance, trusting in how your heart did want this opportunity. So figuring out what your inner guidance was telling you was working here, like what about this opportunity felt like a yes, and trusting this or something better. It's so much easier said than done. I will fully admit that my past year was letting go of expectations. I think that I have gotten a lot better at letting go of expectations because what I realized at the end of 2021 was that expectations robbed me of my joy. By expecting things and them not coming through the way I expected, I wasn't happy. But mm. if I had never expected things that weren't mine or I had really trusted, I wouldn't have been out of alignment with joy. And so 2022 has been a lesson in letting go of the expectations. And for me as a creative person, 
that can be really difficult. I want people to see my creativity the way I want them to. But it's really just letting that all go and getting back to the why. And why do I create? Because it's all I know how to do. You know, they always say when you first go to your first acting class in L.A., if there's anything else you can do, go do it. And what they mean by that is acting is really hard. The industry's hard. And I hate saying hard. I'm mm-hmm. What they're saying is it takes it takes willpower and it takes patience. I know. That's what they mean. They're trying to tell you it's hard. But really what the industry requires is patience, trust, mm-hmm. willpower, belief in yourself, which we're also programmed out of, so then it seems hard. And the truth is yeah, with what I do with writing and the podcast, mm-hmm. there is nothing else right now that I could be doing. And some days I wish there was. Some days I wish a nine to five was what my heart wanted. But the truth is, it's this. It's it's this. And so the more I let go of the expectations, the more I can just sit in. I'm doing what I want to be doing. What else do I really need? I'm so happy. Why do I need other people's? You know, that's what it always came back to was like needing validation for me. And it's like, the more I sit with my own heart, the more I validate myself, the more I can just let that go. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I trust that my creative works will go to who's meant to hear them, read them, see them. It's a day-by-day practice. (laughs) Yes. And if you need a little extra inspiration, Steven Spielberg was rejected from USC film school twice and never went. He didn't get that opportunity twice. (laughs) And he's still one of the most well-known directors in Hollywood, in the world, in the world. And back to the relatable thing, it's like people relate to things not working out and then overcoming the challenges, right? If everything worked out for you right away, that would make you unrelatable. (laughs) Right? I mean, I think that like most things that we're going to try are not going to work out. Yes. You know, like I think like today is a really exciting day because one of my clients, it's her very first day on a TV show. It's her very first TV show she ever booked as an actress, her first day on set today. I'm thinking about her all day. I'm so excited for her. Mm. She's only been in LA for like a year and, you know, and it might sound like, oh, wow, that happened fast for her. Do you know how many shit things that she went through before this? Like, the agent that got her this audition, this was like her third representation. I mean, she, she has gone through so many hard experiences before this booking. And there were so many things that she did not get. So yes, I, I say like behind every success that we see on social media, there's a ton of rejected opportunities behind that. Yeah. It's like every overnight success took years to get there. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I keep thinking of there's this artist, Jax. Do you know Jax? Yes. Yes. I, she's big on TikTok, so I thought maybe you would know her, but I really just love her. She is so damn authentic. I just, and she's so talented. And during the pandemic, she blew up. Her music blew up. She got a record deal during the pandemic because she blew up on TikTok. Years ago, she was on American Idol or one of those shows, I forget which one, and actually went pretty far on it. Years ago, Mm. years ago, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, she blew up over the pandemic, but like, man, she's been pursuing this for a long time. And even something as big as something like American Idol or whichever show she was on didn't lead to this record deal. Yeah, I love that. It's really like every opportunity. It's like not even a missed opportunity, because if you can take the growth and the lesson from every opportunity, then it's not a missed thing or it's not 
negative, you know, it's used to push you forward. I feel like you as a manifesting generator can relate to trying a bunch of different things and some work out and some don't, you know, I know that's true in my life. I'm a reflector, so I feel like I just relate to every type, but (laughs) it's like not until I do something so often do I know if that was like my intuition or not, or if my intuition wanted me to learn something that wasn't success. You know what I mean? Like it's trying to teach me like with the TikTok, like my intuition led me there, but it was for a different lesson than I expected. Definitely. And and even in the book, I say obstacles are clues I because it, they always force you to pivot, right? And it leads mm-hmm. you in a new direction. You know, when I, I worked on The Middle, it was a TV show. If you're young, you probably have never heard of it, but it's been off the air for a couple of years. But I worked on The Middle for an entire season and I knew that I wasn't getting asked back. I did not jive with the boss it was a bad situation. He threw me on the under the bus about something I didn't do. And mm, that was really yeah. painful. It was just like a not a good situation. I didn't get asked back. And even though I knew I wasn't going to and I didn't want to, it still felt shitty. I still felt the rejection. And it felt like, wow, I had this opportunity. And if they liked me, I could have stayed on for several years because that show went for a long time. And it felt like a missed opportunity. But shortly after that, Well, I don't know how shortly. A while after that, I booked another TV show with a new set of contacts that I had never worked for before who became so close, they're like family. Mm. And it was such an enriching, fulfilling experience. And like, you know, two days ago, I was on a group text chain with 18 people. You know, we were wishing someone happy birthday. And some of these people I haven't worked with in years, but we still keep in touch. And it was just a really positive lasting experience. Like these relationships lasted years. And if I didn't get booted from the middle, (laughs) you know, I would have never had that really fulfilling experience. So I do think that obstacles, even though they feel shitty in the moment, when you can allow yourself to feel those feelings and release them, eventually you'll see that it's, it's going to lead you something better than you even expected. Mm, yes, I love that. It's like when do- one door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. Instead of banging on one door and breaking it down, just go to the next door that's open. You know, yeah. trust that a door will flow open for you. And it might not feel like flow. You know, like you look, like I look back on my life and I'm like, wow, look how much that flowed. But when I'm <laughs> in it, it's like, oh my God, I cry every day. I'm screaming into the pillow. I'm feeling all these feelings. Yeah, nothing feels flowy in the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The flow is really like the looking back and being like, oh, wow, I've been so divinely guided. <laughs> but in the moment, you just, you have to just, you ha- that's why you have to keep going back to that trust and that faith. So something I talk about on this podcast is I really feel like with intuition, with healing, with everything is like, what do you believe in? Like, what do you have faith in? And even if like for you, it's not God and it's just yourself, double down on yourself, you know, have faith in yourself because anything really is possible. And if you believe that, you'll see that in your life. You'll see it start to happen. But like we said, it's just may not be how you expect it to. So it's letting go of the the how. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the – it's like manifestation, right? They talk about – it's like you want to focus on the what you want but not the how you get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think faith 
I'm obsessed with this TV show, God Friended Me, and I so much. <laughs> she really is. Like, unhealthily obsessed. And it's a big part of my book. So sorry. You're going to hear it <laughs> read the book. But they talk about faith a lot because the show's about an atheist, you know, and he thinks the word faith relates to religion. And it's interesting because I never associated it in that way that like I, you know, I just thought it meant like believing in something, you know, and I think faith is believing in something you can't see. Mm, yeah. And how do you pursue any dream in life without having faith in something, even if it's just faith in the dream, you know, believing that it can happen even though you can't see it yet? I think that's faith. I think so too. And I've been reminded, I feel like in my morning meditations, I mentioned to Erica before this, but I've been sitting with, it's like people who come into my awareness are oftentimes celebrities recently. And it's like sitting with them and really starting to see them from like a new lens instead of putting them on a pedestal. It's like seeing them on an equal lens. And what's really resonated with me is just the faith these people have in themselves. That's what mm-hmm. so often moves us forward is just having faith faith in yourself. But we're so taught not to. It can feel un it can feel unintuitive. Like it can feel un unnatural to mm-hmm. believe in yourself because we're taught for outside validation, which is something Erica talks about in her book. It's like in a world where we can get all these answers outside of ourselves, but all the answers are in ourselves for what we really really want and faith is so important for that. And like we said, it can just be faith in yourself. I believe in a higher power and all that and a bigger picture and the universe and God and this bigger plan. But it started for me just having faith in myself. And then that mm-hmm. expanded to me into this greater relationship with God, which we'll have we'll do another episode on how, you know, religion made God and me feel separate. And now I just know that God's just what breathes through the trees what allows the flowers to grow. And that same energy is in me and it's in you too. Yeah. I feel very similar, similarly. But if you're not there, if you're listening to this and you're not there, that's that's okay too. You know, whatever you believe, I do think that faith in something, a person, yourself, the dream, you know, practice having faith in something, even if it's not, you know, something intangible like God or the universe. Yeah. And I agree with you where it's like, yeah, to have a big dream, you just – you have to have faith because it can seem mm-hmm. so unrealistic as we talked about. And mm-hmm. you have to have faith first and then the next steps will follow, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I know I bring it up a million times, but Jack Canfield was turned down 144 times for Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, you know, I always say like if he didn't have faith – like he had a vision of what this was supposed to be. He just talks about it. Like it was in a meditation and like he knew he was going to sell a million books. Like he just knew. And 144 publishers turned him down. And it's like if he didn't have faith in that, even though he was getting physical proof of the opposite, mm-hmm. think about what he could miss out on. I mean, Chicken Soup for the Soul, I think they sold it for $96 million. Yeah. It's like every house I ever went to as a child had a Chicken Soup for the Soul book in it. Yeah, and now it's like a massive enterprise. You know, it's chicken soup for the dog. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like, there's just like a million variations and it became a humongous thing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they sold it for $96 million. I mean, can you imagine that 
if you know if he didn't have that faith and and i think that's why in big dreams faith is important because you'll be rejected a whole bunch of times yeah you need something to keep going yeah i completely agree to loop it back to the question so i know you're heartbroken right now about this opportunity but i hope from this conversation and from listening to us talk about how we can relate that you see that what you really desire, if you connect back to it with like the exercise Erica suggested, you'll see that it didn't really miss you and that it's still out there. And if you can take the lesson from this, the jewel from this, the medicine, you know, that's how it feels like the medicine from this, then this will end up being a story you tell later, just like we're telling our stories later. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and and I want to leave this person with like something better is coming because I know when you're heartbroken, that's all you want to hear sometimes, you know, and it's when you're when you're feeling heartbroken, it's hard to to see the silver lining and to do that work, you know, so mm -hmm. it's like if you're not there yet, that's okay. Something better is coming. Yeah, something better is coming. And, you know, you'll know and it really is coming and it's just be kind to yourself. You know, I think we're all so harsh on ourselves and we all think everything has to work out right now. And the best thing you can do is just be kind to yourself and allow yourself to have your feelings and tell yourself, I know you're disappointed. I know. I know. I, I'm disappointed. That's okay. I had big hopes and dreams and they're not going to happen. And the kinder that voice can be in your head, the quicker you'll move through this and see the next opportunity that unfolds. So thank you so much for this question. We really enjoyed having this conversation. And if you ever want to follow up and let us know how it went and maybe- Yes, please. Yeah. You know, I'd love to hear from anybody who writes in questions and we talk about on this podcast. Please feel free to follow up and let us know what happens next. Yeah, we're, we're rooting for you. Yes, we are rooting for you. I hope you found something helpful. Sending you lots of love. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so grateful to have you as a guest and you helped me get over my fear of having guests on the podcast. I was afraid I wouldn't have anything to say and here we are at two hours. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who I think I am. I can like always talk about topics like this. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we're going to have so much to say that some people might not want to listen anymore. <laughs> And before this, my intention was to enjoy this, and I very much did enjoy this. And connecting with you in this way was so special for me, and I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. You are one of the biggest cheerleaders in my life. You support me more than most people, and you inspire me to keep moving forward in all what I consider my crazy dreams. So I'm just really thankful for you, and I'm thankful that you came on the podcast and everyone here got to hear your beautiful wisdom. Oh, thank you so much. I mean – Sometimes I feel like I don't even deserve you as a friend. Like you're just – Oh, stop it. <laughs> you're so amazing. And But yes, this was great. I really – I'm so grateful that you asked me to come on and I just am grateful I get a, a moment to talk to you. Yes, me too. And how can people connect with you and do you have a release date for your book? Instagram is really the only place I'm active these days. I have a TikTok and I, I don't even open the app anymore. Um, 
mostly because it, it feels like a hole that I get sucked into and I'll waste hours swiping. But yeah, so Instagram at Hollywood Success Coach. Find me on Instagram. The website's hollywoodsuccesscoach.com or ericawarnick.com. And the book, well, I'm hoping this week to release a limited edition of my new book, a hardcover limited edition autographed. I'm hoping to release that this week. It'll be a very limited quantity though. And then I don't know the date when it will release because when I put it up, it, you, you have to, you know, Amazon, I think it requires you to do like an eight week pre-sell. Mm-hmm. So it'll likely come out two months from soon. <laughs> But I'll talk about it on Instagram all the time. So if you're interested, you can find out there and on my website. Nice. Well, I highly recommend it. I actually have a testimonial on the back of the book. So Yay, for anybody wondering what I think of the book, I think it's fantastic. And I think Aww. everybody should read it. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of New View Advice. I will link in the show notes all the books we referenced in today's episode, and also I will link how to purchase both of Erica's books, You Are the Magic and Meant for This. So if you're interested in purchasing any of those books or looking at some of the resources we mentioned in today's episode, you can visit newviewadvice.com slash 26. And if you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for joining me, Amanda Derosier, for another episode of New View Advice. As always, I am so grateful to be here with you and to offer you a new view on whatever you may be going through. Sending you all my love. See you next time.